0: Welcome to the Black Dads Germany podcast, a place where we are changing the narrative and having empowering discussions around the Black Father experience here in Germany, as well as creating a safe space for our community. If you'd like to join the movement, please do join our Facebook page, Black Dads Germany. We are definitely changing the narrative. Greetings, gentlemen, and welcome to our very first episode of Black Dads Germany podcast. But before we start our conversation, I think it will only be fair to introduce ourselves to the listener because the listener doesn't know us yet. My name is Bantum Chiselo and I'm from South Africa. I have a three-year-old son currently living in Osnabrück in Germany. I am a consultant within the space of development and creative sector.
1: Good evening, folks. My name is Alami Salah. Born in Cameroon, and I've been living here in Germany, Berlin, for the past 16 years. I'm working for um, an international NGO, and I have three kids: and um, 14, 10, and my last, that my daughter is uh, two years old.
2: Good evening, gentlemen. My name is Peter. I've been living in Berlin for now two and a half years. I was born in Uganda. I have a four-year-old girl and I co-run a business representing hotels overseas. Hi everybody, I am Junior. I am originally
3: from Ghana. I grew up in London, lived in London for most of my life. Um, I've been here in Berlin now for about four years. Um, I also have a son, two kids actually. Uh, One is four and the youngest is nine months. And I also currently work in the ad tech industry.
0: Looking at the initiative Black Dads Germany, how did this initiative come about and why do we need such a platform?
1: Well, I actually started Black Dads Germany because um, I was missing a space where Black dads um, can actually share their own experience. Um, How our life is here in Germany, what type of experience we're having, and I just missed um, conversation. This is Basically, um, how Black Death Germany started, and actually, it didn't really start by being Black Death Germany, it started by being Black Death Berlin, <laughs> and then we um kind of get um, a WhatsApp group, and then uh, we have Facebook group, and then we got some a lot of brothers that just said, Oh, we want to be part of this, we want to be to come in and join you guys and have some share our experiences and this is how Black Death Berlin became Black Death Germany. I joined Allen actually, um, the group,
2: because I I wanted to be in a place where I felt like I belonged. The first years of living in Berlin, I could feel already, having come from London, that us as Black people were uh, a minority. So I would take my four-year-old daughter to certain places and I would feel that sense of uncomfortability. Many times I'd ignore it, but this year has been an extremely difficult year for all us Black people with what's been going on. And it brought some emotions in me where change needed, and I needed to make some kind of change for my daughter, and also feel like I belong to the community. And since then, the movement's been going strong.
0: For the longest time, Black men have been branded with many labels, and Black fathers in particular. In your own experience, gentlemen, as a black, man, a black man and a father, how are black dads perceived?
2: For me, um, on a personal level, as a black dad, my father was never there. So that stereotype lived in itself. But however, having become a father, I've dedicated my time to ensure that I'm there for my daughter. I relocated to Berlin just to ensure she has a strong family network and a, um, a dedicated father. The perception that I've always heard of black dads is that we are unreliable. We are always going to be the ones that run away from a difficult situation.
1: And we don't work hard enough. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean, um, I would just back up what Peter said. Um, I, actually, I, I think a lot of people kind of have the impression that if you are black there, uh, the label that they cannot have behind it is always, you know, the missing action. We, we're just missing the action, meaning um, we don't really care about, you know, uh, care of our kids, uh, take care of them, and we don't do things with them. And actually, you will have uh, you will have people just looking at you um, when you playing with your kids and smiling at you, um just like giving you the impression that you're doing something that is not just normal it's something that is kind of special because you're a black person and the, the reason why black dad is really really going strong um it's because we cannot figure out that well people don't know us they don't really they don't really know how we are because they don't really <laughs> try to know who we are exactly and we uh, we we changing the narrative by actually showing, well, uh, we're not what you think we are. If you really want to know, who we are you should get a little bit more closer and get to know us. Um, for me, I grew up with both of my
3: parents, but I in my opinion my feeling is that uh my father being from Ghana was very um what is the word gravity? He was very um A typical, to me, a typical African dad, you know, very distant, only cared when something was wrong or I wasn't doing well in school. Apart from that, uh, he was a doctor and he didn't have time for me whatsoever. Whatsoever at all. So for me, growing up, I wanted to change that. I wanted to be around for my um, for my kids. This also probably had a negative impact to me because... Uh, my father wanted me wanted me wanted me to be a doctor, but I didn't want to be a doctor because I thought if I'm a doctor, I'm not going to spend time with my kids, and you know, so that was just out of the question for me. So I tried to spend as much time with my, with my kids and my wife as possible, and be there for them when they need me, and just be there to, for for them to speak to and and to play with. You know, um, just those little things really are to me are really important. Um, in my is how are they perceived? As Pete and Alan um, have, have said, have right, rightly said, we are not perceived in the greatest light. Be calling what you want. Um, some black fathers are not present, some black fathers are, don't want to be present actually. And, but I honestly think that is not the case in every circumstance or every situation. It is just how we perceive, which is a shame, because I believe it's not entirely like that. And this is why we're here, to try to change that narrative and uh, to bring shine a better light on
2: us and our community. And I think just adding on from the two gentlemen and what we're discussing is, I'm in an interracial relationship. And prior to that, I was, before I was in another interracial relationship. And it's a closer way to see how you are perceived as a black man, not just a black father. Um, that you are put down below the caste system in terms of your worth.
0: With this specific initiative, how are you planning? How are we planning to change the narrative and the perception of us as black men and as black as black fathers?
3: Um, I think, honestly, the initiative. I I would say that I, I wouldn't say it's, it's we are out there to change people's perception. We are here to give um, everybody a voice, a space, to be themselves, to feel comfortable amongst each other, uh, first and foremost, to be comfortable in a new environment or to be comfortable in their own environment. Maybe uh, We have a lot of uh, Black dads who are born and born and raised over here in Germany. Um, We want to basically engage more with uh, the black community here. We want to reach out to also allies as well. We just want um, basically to be included in society and not be basically seen as um, outcasts or those uh, basically as a small minority who's not really relevant to the system, From everyone that I've met or known in my four years here, we are all productive members of society and deserve the same respect and treatment as
1: as everyone else is given. I I totally agree with what um, Junior just said because I think actually what people have to kind of keep in mind is that before being dead, right, before even being black, we are just human beings, right? (laughs) That's so much important. Like, um, before I am... uh, uh, dead and before I am a black person, I'm just, first of all, a human being. And I want people, when they look at me, um, they stop looking at um, the color of my skin. And that would be very important. And as of, is that really like, how can we uh, really change um, the narrative and, and and so on? I, I think one of the one of the things where we really need to be focusing on is us, right? It's like, what is there that we really want to kind of gain from the Black Lives Germany movement? Um, And I think what we want is, first of all, to create a space where we feel safe. And that's very, very important, not just for us, because as we have in that kind of space where we really feel safe, We also have a space where we can empower ourselves and then we can empower our kids. What we can't forget is that we are minority. So being a minority means sometimes, whether we like it or we really want it or not, we have to stick together. And To stick together, we have to create that kind of space. Um, That's very, very important. You know, we have activities planned, but obviously due to the current circumstances,
3: not everything is, being able to go ahead as planned. So things are being pushed back. But one of our main ideas is as Alan um, said is to empower our children. Um, so we try, well we will be trying to arrange events and just play dates for our kids where they can feel comfortable, um where they can meet they can actually be they they won't actually be the minority they'll be the majority. Exactly. You know it could be maybe five kids playing together, six kids playing together. That does not really happen here, or in, well, in Berlin. We're so far, we're so few, far in between. But this group of people that we that we uh, that have come together are allowing for our children to play with other black children. Um, this might be a common thing for somebody who lives in London or America or in the ethnic area, but here it's not a common thing at all. Um, I, me coming from London, personally, I think I took it for granted. Growing up in a uh, in an ethnic area, and over here, I, it really hit me that my son is not going to be able to have to share the same experiences I had growing up. So, bringing the kids together is uh, from
2: for me personally is really important. For me, I just got to round what both gentlemen said is fantastic. The overall thing as black dads is we've got to celebrate and be proud of being. Black fathers, and that's what this movement is creating. The normal activities that people see as the usual, i.e., reading to your child, taking your child to Kita, or even just taking your child out to an activity, for us being black fathers, we are we are carrying a stereotype that we have to feel proud that things that are taken normal, we can celebrate them. The morning when we're reading our books and putting a smile on our kids' faces, when we go into activities that our kids can enjoy and feel as one and feel that they belong. We are creating a legacy that has been long forgotten. We are trying to be the role models that have been missing in society for our kids, that they can feel that they have somebody to turn to in difficult times.
0: And for someone who's listening to this conversation and they're like, yeah, Why should it be our responsibility to change stereotypes? Um, Do you think it is our responsibility to change the stereotypes that black males or fathers are facing?
2: This would be a yes or no answer, or a two-type answer. Uh, In a way, yes, it is our responsibility. For the reason I say this, is because we have been continuously, we have been continuously having the same problems over and over, and nobody has listened. So we have to take the initiative and the movement forward. And the second part of this um, question, my answer is that we need to bring forward our allies to believe in us and experience the things that we go through through our stories, through our celebrations and through our movement.
1: Well, um, when I I listen to that question, I'm like... It's also a um, part of me that want to say, actually, we shouldn't be doing this, right? <laughs> and I remember I been have, I had that conversation with my wife because um, um, part of it, when we were talking and I said, why well, we want to change the narrative. And she was like, why should you, why would you think that you have to do that? And i was like what well, if i don't do it who is going to do it i mean i'm living in a society and we have systemic racism we have structural racism i live in a society that is basically racist by definition because the system that has been built uh, well, the system that has been built here is just simply racist right so um, they are blinds that you have a lot of blind spots when it comes to those issues that are so deep rooted into the past and a lot of different things that already been said that became normal, right? So how you make sure that people start changing, basically that the mindset start changing, that the conversations start changing, that even words, the power of the words that they can use sometimes, and when they don't even know sometimes that those words that they're using, they're discriminating um, another group of people. How do you make sure that people get educated, right? How do you make sure that they kind of, you can kind of raise some kind of awareness? That's why we have to do that work. We have to start doing that work. But every time I'm having a really conversation, one-on-one kind of conversation with a friend, then I would tell him, actually, you should get That kind of education yourself. You should make sure that you go and read books. You should make sure that you go and you yourself, you get some kind of sensitivity when it comes to the issue of racism. That you yourself, you start thinking, well, can I just say this because I used to hear that? Or is that, or can you just ask me, me as being your friend as a Black person, is that okay? Is that all right? How do I feel about it? And so on and so forth. So, there's a the work that we actually have to do. It's so difficult to say um, it's really like a yes and a no. I'm um, in between that. I don't know how I'm going to call it, but at least I believe that we have to start those conversations. The podcast that we have having today is starting that conversation. Everything that we'll be doing, even like bringing allies really on and having discussion with them. Should be part of that conversation, and this is how we can slowly change, you know, our communities. And when I'm talking about communities, I'm talking about the Berlin community where we live in. So that means black people, brown people, people of color, but I also mean white people. How we come to the place where we can really have some kind of serious conversation on the issue that we have every single day here in Germany. For me, um, it's
3: a very tricky question because one part of me thinks that uh, we shouldn't change shouldn't have to change the way people think or perceive us um, but as Alan and Peter both said that if we don't we will um, the thing for me is that stereotyping and prejudice is really really tough at face value you know you you're uh, we're working class people or middle class people, wherever we are here in Germany, where you go to work like everybody else, but yet from the moment you walk out your door, you're actually, you don't feel comfortable. You don't feel safe. That's where the stereotyping or the prejudice has already begun. People see you. Some people choose to cross the road. And you think to yourself, hmm, I wonder why that's happening. You get on the bus or you get on the tram. Um, it's a busy Monday morning, for example, the every every seat is taken except for, except for the seat beside you. Nobody wants to sit beside you. And then you start getting paranoid thinking, maybe my breath smells, maybe I have got to use deodorant today. And then you realise, no, that's not the case. You look around you, everybody's white, and people look at the chair, and they're having second thoughts or second guessing. Should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I? That's what is really harmful and really um, painful for me personally. And I just don't want that for um, my child growing up here. Um, so in that sense, we're not perceived well at all. I don't know if it's a lack of education, or um, I assume it is, um, but then again, we have to actually try to do something to change people's opinions of us as people, as human beings. Um, but then again, there's people who say that uh, racism and so, on and so forth, so forth, does not exist. Uh, these are the people that need um, that education because I feel to me they're on the borderline of being allies. With the right education, the right the push in the right direction, these are the kind of, these are the kind of people that will eventually sit beside me on the tram or the bus, um, will talk to me, uh, you know. Um, so it's a real of an uncomfortable uh, situation slash question for me.
2: Can I just add one more to that, gentlemen? I think until the George Floyd incident, our experiences as black people was always never heard. So I'm sure the, the four gentlemen in this room can say that we've all experienced racism. I experienced it in a sense from my educational, background, in the area that I lived, and the common phrase, you're different from the rest. Or when you go to somewhere, probably by the voice you're hearing, you could think I'm a white man. These were the type of things that we used to have. But these are never seen because it's not as extreme as somebody having their breath taken away. That's what wakes up people. And it's quite sad that that's the only wake up that people need to see for many years and this platform creates a conversation where we need to discuss our experiences so our allies can feel the pain we constantly go through. Yeah,
3: people have to understand what our day-to-day lives are. Once they can understand what it's like to walk a mile in our shoes, just just walking down the street having those eyes on us, police cars rolling by at two miles an hour just to look at us to make sure we're not doing anything well, we shouldn't be doing, which is just utterly ridiculous. Um, then I believe, well, then I hope, people can um, see us in different light, and these stereotypes will slowly and surely, I hope, fade away here in um, Germany. Oh, it's a long way, brother. Yeah, well, we we have to start change. and
2: try to try to help everybody. That's you know, no way. change doesn't happen in one minute. <laughs>
0: you mentioned a lot of creating allies gentlemen and in my thinking how do we go about creating these allies i'm asking this question because when we started the initiative um when alan um, approached us in the whatsapp group one gentleman who's a black dad asked on behalf of a white german friend who's a dad if they can join the initiative and our consensus was that no unfortunately this is more focused on black dads how do we go about then creating these allies without making them feeling um that they are not welcome well i i would say that's
1: very simple to me that's very simple and i will start by saying when you look at your working space right uh you have colleagues <laughs> Uh you kind of deal with them like eight hours per day, sometimes more, sometimes less. When you look at your environment, the place where you're living, maybe your neighborhood. Uh, you as a father, you also have times where you go into a playground um and then you meet some of the fathers. They are not actually sometimes most of the time but uh, white, and they kind of you know talk to you and And also um, in your family, um, for some of us being in a multiracial kind of relationship or marriage, um, those are the places where I cannot always think this is where the work really starts. Because if you don't have those conversations in these three environments that I've just listed, then you can't really have those conversations somewhere else. And those should be your first allies. Why? Because they're the closest people you have to deal with every single day. And before I take the train, or before I take my me biking and say, hey, how are you biking today? How are you feeling? I already have some people I can talk to every single day. So how we can create a space where we can kind of have those allies coming in is first of all, really having those conversations that people don't want to have. Or if you hear something that is out of the line, how you make sure that you call it, have the courage to call it, have the courage to say, you know, I love you, but what you just say is not just right, it's not good, it's, it's really wrong. And you just repute uh, reproducing something, educate the person. But we will also have like a space that we will be creating in terms of activity, having discussion with people. We'll create some space for us for that, so that those people that just like that friend or that, say, uh, in brackets, ally that just wanted to join the group, you know, can come and then can have a real conversation with us. So I think there are different different uh, ways to to kind of do that. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, I think it's basically um, we can break it down into two
3: sections. So the Black Black Dads Germany is to create a safe space for Black fathers who can discuss openly and in confidence their experiences. They can network, they can communicate with each other. Uh, We have a common interest, we have a common goal, okay? Um, There's not that many of us, but together we have that um, support, that support network and encouragement from each other. We we, We are actually all going through the same thing. And that is unfortunately special and unique. Now, um, then we have the side of our children. Okay, we have our children who are growing up here and don't have the contact where which we all had, I assume, as um, kids with uh black people, black children, etc., growing up. Um, now for the ally, that I'm not there's nothing wrong with the ally, but the ally. Didn't go through or experience what we went through growing up and what we experience every day walking down the street. Because he will, he or she will only experience that with their child and get the looks. Fair enough. But on an individual basis, I'm, I'm separating the two here. On the individual basis of actually going about your day-to-day and experiencing what you experience, this is where we want to communicate and have a safe space for that. Now, on the side with kids, we are almost similar. That's where uh, an interracial couple with a a white father can share the same experiences as a black father with his child, because 100% they're gonna get the same looks and questions that we get. Um, This is where we need to um, unite with our allies for sure, we are uh, planning events where we 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 bring in allies as well, and then we can develop and widen the group. But for now, the Black Daz Germany is for Black fathers to have that safe space for us to communicate and share share our experiences and to talk on on our day to day experiences and whatever society and and so and so forth. So. Um, It sounds harsh, but I think right now, because we are the minority, I guess, um, yeah, I don't know. I think (laughs) it's a hard one. (laughs) I think for me,
2: um, we need to see this as a journey. To make you laugh, let's see it as a bus journey. The Black Dads is a bus that we are all going through. Not all of us are knowledgeable in our history. I myself would hold myself would hold my hand up to say that there's much that I need to educate myself on where our culture has been. Um, and in that aspect of it, our enslavement history, we bemoan what has happened to us, but we're not fully educated on the journeys of how exactly it happened, not just in the Americas, South Africa, Africa as a whole. We have to see this as a journey that we are going to be inviting people onto that bus at a later stage. As black dads, we start here by creating events and safe spaces where our children can connect with us and understand us. And at a later stage, our allies will begin to join our journey through our webinar discussions, through our podcasts, through our Facebook activities, through the books that we aim to change in terms of publications of how people portray a person to look, then the allies will see that this is a journey that we all must move forward to, to create it universal. Yeah, because uh, just to add on to what Pete said um,
3: about the education, um, we have gone through so many things in history and even even ourselves, a white father of a, of a black child has not gone through the same things that we have gone through. He or she, he is finding out at a later date from his partner or from his wife the experiences of a black person. Um, so they are getting their education from their partners, but still they are not experiencing it to, to the degree where we experience it. Mm. So they are probably our strongest allies. Naturally, mm. they are our strongest allies, but. We still need that that space where we can uh, talk and experience and um, share our experiences, as
1: Pete said. For sure, they'll hop on that bus with us yeah. along the journey. Yeah, totally. Well, I think we 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 have to focus on educating ourselves also because that's a long, long way. Um, we look back at this history and what happened, and Look at the education system back to some countries um, in, in Africa. I mean, Cameroon where I was born, I knew about, you know, what's going on sometimes in Germany and what's going on in France and what's going on in the state and what is going on in my own country because in the education system itself, is something that uh, we inherit from, you know, from the whites that came and colonized our countries so you 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 the, there's something that is so powerful behind it because it starts with the mind there, there, there there's the work that has to start and then we can see that in the black death experience that we have right now and what is really interesting about black death germany is is that you know, you're bringing together, basically, African, Afro-Caribbean. You're bringing together, you know, Afro-Asian. You're bringing together Afro-Germans. So you're bringing different, different stories and different, different backgrounds. But you always have to remind yourself how much i was still carrying, how much luggage or baggage is we still carrying from the past. So that's why we really need to have the space that we have to, right now. We need to educate ourselves. We need to empower ourselves so that we can also empower our children and educate our children the best we can do. And then as a Junior and Peter just said, and then we, we can help with that. Just to quickly round off, um,
2: we need to seal the cracks that we as a black community um, the people that are sitting in this room are of African backgrounds, but we have brothers and sisters from the Caribbeans, the West Indies, and different other continents. And we need to seal the cracks and create a unity before our allies can join to move forward. A lot
0: of us gentlemen grew up without our fathers, or our fathers were just there and they were not present. And a lot of expect expects, rather, they always say it is important for a child to have their father around because it's vital for the development of the child. Unfortunately, we live in a world where life is not that perfect for everyone. What was your relationship and the perception of your
3: father? Oh, well, wow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there you get to be lucky first.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Um. Ah, yeah, this is an interesting question. Very interesting. Um,
1: Sounds deep. Change
2: your bro Don't worry. <laughs>
3: um, as I, as I said earlier, um, my father was. I live with my father. He's there. He's still married to my mother. Um, oh, wow. he. <laughs> you gotta
1: give a clap for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, a black that bit.
3: But um, there's, there's the but. But um, in my opinion, yeah, in my opinion, um, as I said, he was a very traditional African father. You know, don't talk to me until you become a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer or something like that. Um, I didn't become either of those. What my sister did uh, give a clap to
1: her. <laughs> oh,
3: um, so maybe I was disappointed him. I don't know, but I guess for um, me, he was always, always working. You know, he was on call at the hospital. Didn't really see him. Uh, I remember really wanted to play football with him or just play with him. This, this, this just didn't happen. Just wanting to have time with him, just didn't happen. Just really, really distant until I did. I was until I did something bad at school, and then he was very present. <laughs> That's a good father <laughs> right there already. You know, when I was bad, he that was way. present, um, which was annoying. You know, why do I have to be bad for him to 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 show me affection? Or oh, and so I don't. My perception of him is that, yeah, you know, I, have, I, I live with my father. Some people don't, I'm not gonna, I'm not going to sound, ugh, I don't know what the word is, but it's, I know some people didn't grow with fathers. You know, I'm, I'm lucky to grow with my father. Maybe I sound a bit uh, childish or spoilt or something, but um, he wasn't really present. He was there, but not really there. He was so fixated on work. When he wasn't doing, when he wasn't being a doctor, he was, um, you know, self-studying IT and programming and designing software programs and loads of other things. He was a very, 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 very intelligent man and very, very arrogant, very, very arrogant. He, you know, chess champion, all, all sorts of things. Um, but he didn't never taught me to play chess. Mm. Uh, yeah, I don't really have anything else
2: to say. To, to... But the good thing I'm seeing here is that he created the, su- the successful man that you are, through his different ways of actions. Yeah, because you're now a successful. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say
3: it like that. I would say it as the way how he raised me, it made me see that I don't want to raise my children like that. Um, So you can call it a successor, but I wouldn't go that far because I could have gone crazy. I don't know. You don't. You don't know these things, yeah. you know. I could have been weak-willed, and I could have gone yeah. crazy, gone off the rails, just just seeking his attention or his approval. Um But it. I am who I am now because of him. I don't know if I need to speak, go to therapy over it, but. um that's the first therapy next one
0: um, uh,
3: but yeah it, it is what it is and um, I try I try my best to uh, be a better father than my father was to me to my children and that's 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 just the best I can do for my kids just be present give them attention and
1: just yeah, just be be there. I think no matter what uh, experience you uh, um, encounter um, as a kid, having your dad there or not, is always going to shape you know you as being a father yourself one day. And what is interesting what Junior said is, I mean, when I look at um, his father, I don't know him, but what Junior said about him is like it's so successful that he kind of. Just living his life the way he thinks that he has to live it, which is fine anyway. But in this and that success, he kind of of forgot his kids. And the good thing about it sometimes is like when you look at it, it's like, okay, well, I can take what is good, but I can also take what he did wrong to be a better person. And this is also my story because my father wasn't around. My grandfather became my father, so um, my own father didn't want to know know who I am exactly. Um, So he was in that sense really missing in action. But we really have to kind of separate things, right, like um, not every black man, but because actually my grandfather that became my father is a black man. they all have different stories and those different story, stories. sometimes there's a big drama sometimes behind it and you know everyone would just take his own road. But I also know that because of that, I had my grandfather being like the hero that I needed to see, my father that I didn't see. So I kind of also have my grandfather being the role model that my father couldn't be, which became to me the greatest asset that made me be the person that I am today. And that was great because I can know by the time where I wanted to have my own family and having kids, I knew that no matter what I would be doing and no matter how successful I would like to be, or want to be, family, and if I have kids, uh, these kids are always going to be like the priority number one in my life. And that became the kind of motto that I have. I mean, sometimes I'm doing a lot of crazy, crazy stuff out there. Uh, different projects, I'm always having different ideas. But I always come to the point where I sit down and I check and I say, well, how much time do you spend with your kids if you want to do all of this, right? Where do you think that you can make sure that as they growing up, you are giving them the right to be your children you have given them the kind of love that they deserve to have. You're basically raising them to be the type of people. They're not never going to be me anyway, and I don't want them to be me. I'm not even expecting them to be me, and this is one thing that Junior said about his father, like, you're going to be a doctor, and if you're not, you're not good enough. So I want them to be themselves, because they come in, in this world, but I want something, or I expect at least something. It's just that they shape the world, the way, the thing that it should be shaping the world. I
2: feel like I had two fathers, the biological and the one who had to step in. My biological father was actually never there for me. Um, but where I say the second father, it was actually my uncle. At the time of my mom's passing, in his 20s, he gave up his studies. He was in university studying his degrees and he had no he made the decision to sacrifice all of that to look after a growing seven-year-old confused young man who's just lost his grandmother and his mother. And he hadn't yet understood what was the requirement of being a good father, but he adjusted so well. And his sacrifice taught me a lot as I am now a grown man of what it is to sacrifice and commit to be a better person. He, our relationship and growing up wasn't always great because we were still trying to understand one another, but his sacrifice was what taught me to be a better father. Hence why I made the decision to give up my career in the UK to come to Germany, to ensure my daughter had a better life for herself. And also I was present I think around us on this table, we've understood that father's presence, be it emotional or be it any other aspect, has been missing in our lives. And we aim to change that by being present emotionally, physically and changing. That's why I'm very committed to this Black Dad's movement, because I want my daughter to see me as a great role model, a role model that made a change where she does not have to feel unwelcome. We have a Facebook presence and Instagram where you can go to hashtag or at Black Dads Germany. And we do have an email, but I think just join us on social media and listen to our podcast and you will know more.
1: We do have some good stuff coming up soon. Uh, we are going to have a YouTube channel. Um, we have a series, the first series, we are preparing ten, um, a series of 10 um, episodes, so to say for the little black readers. So um, that will be um, a YouTube channel for kids by kids because um young man, 14 years old, is going to be reading for the little ones um, from three to six. And it's, it's going to be a very, very interesting um, experience. Yes. Yeah. We also have a uh, YouTube channel where we'll be having um, a,
3: somebody uh, Recording, mm-hmm. asking questions to uh, members of the group, yeah. you know, have an open panel discussions, etc, etc. Black discussion, right? Yeah. discussion, yeah. We also have a, a professional coming in to speak to us and educate us a bit of education and background on our history. Black history.
2: Black yeah. history that's coming in... 13th of November. Please register on our Facebook.
1: Yeah. Remember, stay safe. (laughs) That's very important.
0: Well, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. And that was Black Death's Germany, our first episode. Please do comment. If you want a topic that we can talk about, you can also give us some um, some pointers on what we can talk about. And if you want to join our events, join the Black Death Germany Facebook page and there's a WhatsApp group. Uh, We definitely will definitely see you next time.